Welcome to our community. This is Sarah Tell the Desk. We're, we're actually going to record just for the purposes of where people are allowed to talk. This is a Ferengan. What we're going to do is um, Ferengan on the, the ten makai, the Asteris Adibris. Notice that everything in the world is in ten. And when we come in the world as one, it's ten. The number ten. Ten fingers, ten toes, Asteris Adibris, decimal system, everything is ten. And we're going to see next week when it comes to Chafeshvat that everything focuses around the number ten. 11, and 22. And really, we're going to see that, that the Rebbe is speaking about the fact that there are three significant dates in the life of the Free of the Rebbe. There's Yud Shvat, that's number 10. The life of the Free of the Rebbe and his continuation through the Rebbe. The sixth generation and the seventh generation. And we, we keep saying that the first six generations from the, from the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, all the way down to Tafshin Yud, really encompass all of Golas. All the way back to all of Jewish life, all the way back to Avram Avinu. It's one package. It's, it's called, you know, male and female, is, it's called Zon Malchus. There are six Vedas. That's six. And then there's Malchus. That's a separate package. The first six are male, masculine, and the seventh one is feminine. Masculine uniting with feminine, whether it's ish isha Hashem and us, you know, all of that, masculine and feminine is the union of Zah and Malchus. Okay. Six generations since the Alter Rebbe are Zah. And the seventh one, starting on Yud Shvat, Tavshin Yud Aleph, is Malchus. We are the generation of Malchus. That's why you can't tell. How do you know you're in the generation of Malchus? Because you can't even tell a two-year-old what to do. <laughs> it's true. Right? Well, two-year-olds, they're the most stubborn. That's right. And then when they're four and five and ten, there is no age when you can tell somebody what to do and they'll say, oh, thank you very much. You know, you say, I do. I always say thank you very much. Oh, because you're from the older generation. <laughs> right, the old generation. Thank you very much. But still, there's passes. One second. How do you know that they're, that you're... You still have the malchus because it, let's say if somebody tells you, I was once at a, they had a, a Chinese auction and they had all those, that yummy food and I was eating the hot dog. Plus other things. They had the hot dogs on the stick and other things. A woman came up to me and she said, what? You're eating hot dogs? And she gave me a whole Megillah about why not eat hot dogs. And I said, thank you very much. Leave me alone. <laughs> right? So I did say thank you very much. But I said, do me a favor, I'm doing what I'm doing. Meaning, I'm really not open. In a generation of Malchus, in a generation before Malchus, I would have said, wow, thank you, that's amazing. Of course I said to her, I know that already, and I'm, I'm making the calculation that I'm making. Etc. I'm not going to go into the psychology of, it's because they say today, it's not what you eat, it's what eats you. It's not what you eat, it's what eats you. She told me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat, and I don't want to be told what to do. What to, I know this stuff about hot dogs. I eat it with Ezekiel bread. What do you mean? But there's what you eat that will keep you healthy, and what eats you that will keep you even healthier. That's why we have here psychologists and therapists, right? Because you know what eats you will keep you healthy or the opposite, God forbid. And your job is to enable people to shift what eats them. They don't have to change what eats them, but they have to change how they, that they feel that it's eating them up. 
and feel like this is nurturing me. Your job as psychologist in the world of 10, in a normal world, is to incorporate it's, the numbers are 10, 11, and 22. Your job as normal people in a normal world of 10 is to incorporate the tools of 11, of a much more expansive world to enable people to look at their problems, what's eating them up on the level of number, it's number 10, and take a higher perspective, 11, and enable them to see, this isn't eating me up, this is nourishing me. And then they, 10 is, 10 is, yeah, 10 is nature, and 11 is above nature. 11 is called antuchad v'lebuchushman, the oneness above, above, above the number. It's a, it's, it's, now, by the way, whom do we know who has the number 11 a lot? Yudalif Nissen, Yudalif Shvat, Sachin Yudal, right? All that stuff. So, the number of 11 used to belong to the opposite of holiness. 10 was holy, Hasiri Yekaidish, 11 was the opposite of holy. You know, the word starts with a K. 11 was the opposite of holiness. Those bad guys owned, so to speak, the number 11. You see that in this generation, the Maisha Rabbeinu of this generation, you know, like in a Monopoly game, bought up the number 11. He bought up the energy of 11. Now it belongs to Hashem. Now it belongs to the Jewish people. We use this out-of-the-box energy. It's a wild energy. It's a very wild but expansive energy. In your psychology, in your practice, I'm sure you incorporate new methods that are out-of-the-box. That are out-of-the-box. So when we say to somebody, you have a problem, of course, everybody has problems. In life, there are always problems. Is it eating you up? Of course it's eating you up. This is the normal world. Well, guess what we're going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to take all the people they know and, and, and drug them all so they won't be mean anymore? Of course not. So what do you tell them to do? What do you bring them to do? To incorporate the energy of 11, a more expansive vision of truth, bigger than my problem, to now make me experience that I am being nurtured by what other people would call problems. You know what? This is okay. Okay, so I'll give you an example. This is somebody. This is somebody here. Many years ago, told a story to Nishay Chabad. She said, "She has nine her a lot of children. I don't know. Let's pretend it's fifteen. Let's say she has fifteen children. So they have. Remember the station wagons? They were in the station wagons. They were driving through the Bowery. All the kids were still small. Full, full station wagon. As they stopped, there was a you know a homeless person." He put his hand in the in the car, asking for a quarter at that time. Put a what? He put his hand out. Oh, he wanted a donation. He wanted a quarter. The rabbi was going to give him a quarter. But then the homeless person looked inside the car and said, Mister, you keep it. You've got more problems than me. <laughs> so the Revison said to us, I thought I had blessings. He thought I had problems. He looked at the same kids. I thought they're blessings. He thinks they're problems. So can we see from that, right? He thought they're problems. Mister, you've got enough problems of your own. Keep, keep the money. But really, according to Tyra, he has blessings. Fifteen children are a blessing. Not easy. So the same thing, all the things that eat us up. He said this, she said that, they did this, they, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we, we, we all know that stuff in our sleep. We say it to ourselves. And yet, there is a way that we can reframe it and from a bigger perspective, an 11 perspective, that we see that 
these are actually from Hashem's point of view. We say, Hashem, why would you do this to me? He said, do what? Nurture you? You say, you think you're nurturing me, Hashem? He says, yeah. Oh, come on, Hashem. He says, yes, I'm moving you to the next level of leadership, power, personal power, connection to me, etc. You want to stay in nothing for the rest of your life, or you want to be a leader in your might and machine? That's oh. the lesson. That's the lesson. Well, I want to be a leader. Hashem says, so I'm going to use an out-of-the-box method to get you into your leadership. You may feel like you're being abused. What's the out-of-the-box method? Whatever it is. Look, you see, the re- everything about the Rebbe's Messias is so out-of-the-box. Running up to people on the street, you know, etc. But everything in psychology today is, well, that's why, again, that's why we have all the new methodologies of, of EFT and T, TFT and TAT and, 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 and all the things, uh, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to remember all the methods. All the energy methods, instead of talking for a million years, you're tapping on meridians or you're pressing here or you're doing this or you're doing that and you're released from the trauma. So these are 11 type of methods. And then the person themselves will often when we release that trauma, then we might ask the person, like the man who comes and says, I, this is a thing, I'm not going to waste time on the story, but he came to a workshop and he said he wants to divorce his wife. And, and they said, okay. He said, but I can't tell her. So it, they did a whole session. He, he had a feeling that reminded him of his father in his scary eyes. When they did enough work on the fear of his father and he was no longer afraid of his father, they asked him afterwards, okay, so tell me about your wife. He said, after they did all the whole session on the fear of his father's scary look, till he got to the point where it didn't feel frightening anymore, so they asked him, okay, so tell me about your wife. Remember, he came for a divorce. He said, my wife, she's my best friend. Wow. He said, what? You came for a divorce. What about the divorce? He said, oh, no. We have many good years ahead of us. We just learn to need, learn, need to learn some communication skills, and we will do great. Now, what happened? Yeah. Right? He himself, nobody told him they married. He himself, once he was healed of his trauma, said, she's my best friend. I wouldn't want to leave her. Wow. So that's an example of Hashem has a bigger idea, and if he gives us um, a bigger vision of the whole thing, that, you know, sometimes I was thinking, you know, somebody was talking about marriage therapy, and, and they're saying, they're saying like this, you know, should I, they, one woman is asking, should I stay married, should I not, should I stay, should I not? One of the things, I don't know that a psychologist can do this, but a rabbi can say, right now you're the matriarch of a dynasty. You sure you want to give that up? It's a little harder to be the matriarch of a dynasty by yourself. It, it all kind of crumbles. So just think, he might be kind of annoying. But on the other hand, you're the matriarch of a dynasty. So weigh them and take some time to think about it. And they may come back and say, I'd rather be the matriarch of a dynasty and put up with his shtick and do some healing work so that he changes anyway. I you know, want to say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I want to do a, a, a vart from yesterday, from the 15th of Shvat, because we're talking about the idea of you know, 10, 11, and 22. 22, by the way, 10, we'll see next week. 10 is Yud Shvat. 11 is Yud Aleph Shvat. Tavshin Yud Aleph, when this generation began. 
And 22 is, well, why are we all here this week? 22 is, Fafesh Fat. Fafesh Fat. 11 from below, 11 from above, and 11 from below. Wow. Right? When you have Hashem sending down massive out-of-the-box revelations, <laughs> tremendous light. Why do you think everybody, uh, disclaimer, why do you think everybody's having a hard time these days, especially yesterday? Everybody had a hard time yesterday. Why? Because so much light was coming down, it was shattering everybody's vessels. It's 11-ish light. Let's go back to this. Sorry. We have to be 11-ish people. We have to be... Wait, did I... Being 11-ish people, one of the things that happened in Matan Tyre, it's Parshas Yisrael, one of the things that happened in, at Matan Tyre was, it's called 11 into 10. Hashem, in other words, Hashem came to a regular world and he revealed himself in a regular way. Was it a regular way? The way he revealed himself? Does he come to you every day? When you're making soup, you're like, hi, Hashem, what's doing? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, good day. Sure. Is it like Harsinai? How many times did Harsinai happen? Once. That was an out-of-the-box thing. And, in fact, it was so intense that, and I'll, you'll guess in, in a minute the number that it was. It was so intense that did everybody stick around to see the revelation? No, they didn't. So what'd they do? They fainted. Yeah, well, they more than fainted. They died. Yeah, their souls left. Right, their souls left. Like they, they left the world ten times. I would say, you know, that's a pretty big revelation. You know, um, you know, there's a, whatever it is, there's a famous sikha about two Tanayim that got together for a Purim Suda. And, and one taught the other one such deep secrets of Taira that the other one, he passed away. He left, his, he left his body. It was very intense, and the other one had to bring him back to life. Wow. So the next Purim, they got together for the Suda again. And again, he said, you want me to teach you secrets of Taira this Purim? He said, no, 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 it's okay. Wow. He couldn't deal with passing away again. You know, it was very exhausting. <laughs> so he couldn't deal with passing away again. When Hashem came and revealed himself at, at Harsinai, what number would you guess that was? Ten? Ten is regular, orderly, you know, cup of tea, very orderly. Oh, there's some milk. Pour it in the tea. Everything's normal. That's number ten. Number eleven is wild. Wild and wonderful and incredible. So which number would you attribute to Hashem as he's revealing himself at Harsinai? Quiet little revelation. Eleven. But the eleven, the light of Hashem, his essence. Give a number to Hashem's essence. You think it's ten? Yeah, quiet little God doesn't make much noise. <laughs> Makes a lot of noise. He's a, who, who is the most out of the box whatever in all of creation or outside of creation? Hashem! Wow. He's totally out of the box. He is the original out of the box. His very essence is out of the box. And especially now, everything that's happening is very out of the box. That's right. Everything's out of the box. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Okay, so 22. The double 11. 
So you can imagine 22 would be Hashem is sending down tremendous light, and we are reaching up with our – he's sending down his very essence, and we are reaching up with our very essence. Wow. Now, that's a combination. Then next week we'll talk about, so what does that make possible in life and in the world? If you, you know how in those, those, those campaigns, those Sadaka campaigns, they say, for every hundred dollars you donate, we match it? Mm-hmm. Hashem says that. For every effort from your essence, from your pencil of yid, your eleven, your eleven in you, that you offer to me, I match it. Wow. Every single time, I match it. So, so at Harsinai, Hashem came along with his essence, number 11. Now that's bound to just obliterate everything. That's bound to, obli- that's bound to obliterate everything. And, and, and at the same time, Hashem brought it to a regular world, number 10. People, you know, mountains, sands. Sun, moon, stars, regular world, number 10. What did it do to the world? What happened to the world when Hashem said the Aserah Bridge? It was just quiet and said, oh, thank you. No. Then what? Then what? Thunder. Right? Lightning. And everything stopped. Everything stopped. No bird chirp, nothing. Everything just stopped. Press pause. Why, why is that? Because it broke the world. Hashem's big revelation of number 11 shattered the, the vessels of the world. Wow. Why would he do that? That's a whole question in Spasidus. But he needed to insert himself into a regular world. So from that time on, when we're doing mitzvahs, he's in there in the regular world. You know, when you see the drag queens, he's in there. That's the whole point of Bucky Lagani. The Rebbe says... Or in sight, lamaila maila aden kate lamata mata aden tapas means, or in sight, Hashem in his deepest essence, unlimited essence is, is wherever you go up there, he's there. Wherever you go down here, there is no place so low that he is not there as our in sight, unlimited light. To affect him? To affect yeah, him? whatever he's doing there, where the drag queens are, you could say, hi Hashem. You could say to the drag queens, Thank you so much for bringing God to this place. But it's the truth. Because when there's a very low energy, he has to come big time. He promised us that. I bring myself in my unlimited energy wherever it's very low. And also wherever it's very high. You know what I do whenever I see something very low? I just say the tearing low. No, but you really... Okay. But you can go up to them and say, thank you so much for bringing God to this place. See what happens. I mean, say it when you're just about to get off the subway. Uh, just in case. Just in case. But really, as you're about to jump off, say, thank you so much for bringing God to this place. And you say it seriously from the full heart, they will feel it. And it will have an effect, a good effect on them. But he doesn't want to But he wants to be there. But because but they he's are... needed. He's needed. He comes because right. he's needed. He's needed there. So that's why they have to be near me, so I would say to him that Hashem should help. And say to them, thank you very much. Because, remember, it says in Bati Lagani that when the king sees opposition, an, an, an opponent, they are opposition. Right. They're saying, you, Hashem, represent Tyra. You are Tyra. We rebel against Tyra. Your first mitzvah is Pruravu. We rebel against that. We're going to fight it. We're going to become one day, you know, 
gender fluid. Today, when you go to a doctor, it seems that I haven't been for a while, there are five different choices. Are you Mr., Miss, Ms., binary, trinary, kinary, linary, binary, minary, binary? I, oh, one second, we have a comment. I like to Interesting. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's my oh, well, we don't feel so much like Venice here, but I hear you. So, so um, the idea of when we see creepy people on the subway, but in a way we're thinking, is our insight there? Hashem says in the lowest, lowest place, our insight, I and my unlimited light are, are there. I am there where the creepy, creepy, creepy people are. So in a way we... Them? I, I don't know what he's doing, except that I'll quote you something from Basi Lagani. In Basi Lagani of this year, it says that when the king realizes he has opposition, now let's translate that, Hashem, seeing the drag queens on the subway, that's called opposition. They are fighting Tyra, they are fighting Turuvu. When the king sees opposition, what does he do? We were saying last week, what would you do if you were the king and you had an enemy? Chop off his head. They always did that. You're a king. You have an enemy. Chop off their head. Get rid of them. Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. The king, says Basi Lagani, the king when he sees opposition, the real king Hashem, he does not destroy the enemies. He does such an out of the box. Okay, but how does he do it? He doesn't do it in a ten way. Normal, conservative, you know, don't, don't ruffle too many feathers. He does it in the 11 way. What does he do? It's so out of the box. It's so feminine. What? He takes his treasures that no one was ever allowed to see before and no one was ever allowed to put their hands on and he pulls them out and he gives it. Not only does he stop hiding them and they re- represent his malchus. They represent the glory of his kingdom that he has all these treasures and he takes them and he gives them all out to the regular simple people like you and me. The foot. No, to us. To, we're the foot soldiers who fight the war because he wants to win the war of truth over falsehood. They are only doing what they are doing because they, they, the world is called Alma de Shikra, a world of falsehood. And they are buying into that world of falsehood. They don't have Tyra, you know, they don't have Penis and Tyra to give them a deeper perspective. That's why we want to do, we want to fill the airwaves with Panini Satira to give even them a deeper perspective. So if you say to them, let's say it's, you know, people that you feel safe speaking to and say, thank you very much, but from a sincere heart, thank you very much for bringing God to this place. It will affect them. Yeah. You know, you said something, you told the story about Okay. So we're just going to jump over to a to speak for a few minutes or for bring on the idea of the ten. Remember we said ten. The ten makas. Every one of the ten makas, this is according to, I think, a, a safer of Yaakov Emden. I don't remember. But every one of the ten, remember number ten, ten makas corresponds to one of the ten spirits. Really? And there's the unhealthy and the healthy version of them. And then there is one of the Ten Commandments that fixes it. Okay, so let's just do the first one. It goes backwards. The first of the Makis was what? The first. Every 
Okay, so the first of the ten makos is what? Is, is blood, right? Dumb. Okay, what now? What was it Mida Keneged Mida about? First of all, um, anything about blood and paro? Babies, bath, blood, Jewish blood. Okay, so he attacked the Jewish blood. So one of the ten makos, the ten makos are the complete deterioration of all of nature. It becomes so corrupt, it breaks. It breaks because it becomes so corrupt. Break, break, what? Break all of nature? Yeah. The ten makos. Shows you that all of nature broke because the people were so immoral that they literally used the laws of nature so badly that it broke all the laws of nature. That's what's happening now. That's what's happening now. Basic. Right. Basic gender. Right. So, what is it all about? Um, And they didn't let the women table, etc., in the mikvah. So, here's makos. We know the water turned to blood. That connects to Malchus, kingship. What we were saying in this generation, everybody's a king. You know the story. I was driving on uh, Bedford Avenue, and some fellow from the hood was in the car beside me. It was warm outside, so the windows were open. And he had, you know those things they have hanging from the, the, the mirror? It looks like a crown. It's an air freshener. Right, right. So I was kind of bored. So I said, excuse me, sir, what is that thing hanging from the front window? I always wondered. So he said, it's an air freshener. I said, oh. And then he said, you know, he was like one of the hood guys. He said, really, it's a crown because I'm a king in my own right. And I said, oh. And then he was so embarrassed, he drove away through the red light. But that's his mouth. That's his mouth. But he was so embarrassed saying it to me that he went right through the red light to get away from it. You know? It shows that he saw your light and he wanted to show Right, and he wanted his mouth. So he walked around like, in what are you a queen? That you have an air freshener in the shape of a crown? We could do better than that. You know, how do you know you're a queen? Look at the air freshener, you know. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Right? So So it corresponds to blood. Blood and water, it's the very source of life. The king is the heart, and the, 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 the king is the melech. Mayach, lev, kaveh. The king is the, the brain, the heart, and the liver. The heart is full of blood, and he's the king. So he is, he is the heart of the Jewish people, full of blood. Blood is Malchus. So, there's the healthy way, which is, what's the healthy form of Malchus? You know, stand up. listening to you. No, a healthy form of Malchus, you stand up for what's right. Right? You don't let people push you around. You stand up for... You're not vulnerable in everything. Yeah, you stand up for for what's right, etc. You're not ashamed to say with the principles of Tyra, etc. Right? Okay. What's unhealthy Malchus? Tyranny. Tyranny. Yeah. Tyranny. Yeah. No, tyranny. 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 Right? Unhealthy Malchus. I'm the king. I'm the king. But there's unhealthy form of I'm the king. Yeah. My sure being said, I'm the king. I'm your leader. Tara said, I'm the king. But one meant with Hashem and one meant without Hashem. Wow. So there's healthy Malchus and unhealthy. So what... Healthy Malchus has people. Healthy Malchus, right. Yeah. right. Healthy Malchus doesn't exist. It's, it's transparent. Yeah. 
that's what the Rebbe is. Right. You look at the Rebbe's chair, I don't see anybody sitting there. Because right. that's the real Malchus. You don't see. You know, it's transparency serving Hashem. Okay. So which? So what's going to fix this? If we have unhealthy malchus, you know, we all do. Like, just, what was it? What you say? The healthy malchus. Stand up for your rights and stand up for truth. Don't be afraid to stand up and say the truth. But unhealthy malchus is it's my way or the highway. Right. What do you do? What is the first of the Aserah Sedibris of the Ten Commandments that fits with it? What is the first of the Ten Commandments? Right. I am the king. I am God, your God. I am God, your God. That whole statement gives us the ability to step into healthy Malchus. Hashem is healthy. And he's saying, I am the God, your God. What is, what's going on? Is that healthy or is that not healthy? Very healthy. Right? So, by the way, I'm saying in psychology, what is your job to do to make people have healthy malchus? Right? Well, you don't want to teach somebody, you know, they say, people are really treating me badly. You don't say to them, let them treat you badly. You don't teach them that. You teach them how to stand up in their full power, but in a healthy way. First of the Ten Commandments. That's the Parsha, Parsha Sitra. Okay. What's the second one? Frogs. Frogs. Now, frogs, the reason frogs happen, of course, frogs, Cardea, because um, they made a lot of noise. You remember that? Ribbit, 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 ribbit. One morning, when Paro woke up in his bed, there were frogs on his head, frogs on his bed. They were everywhere. They were everywhere and making noise because they didn't let us make noise. Women couldn't cry out in labor. Um, the sounds of Tyra, they silenced them. No noise. No Tyra noise. Right? And so they made their own noise. So they got punished with frogs. And these frogs were wherever you go, they're there. <laughs> right? So what does it correspond to in the spirit? The last of the second to last of the spirit is before Malthus is what? So it's bonding. There's a healthy way to, way to bond, and there's an unhealthy way. That's why they have psychologists and marriage counselors. There's a healthy way to bond, and there's an unhealthy way to bond. So the frogs were doing it in the unhealthy way. They just wouldn't let go, right? They were choking people. Yeah, that's the unhealthy. They're, they're, they weren't. They weren't respectful of people's boundaries. They were very invasive. That's right. And they weren't respectful of people's boundaries. Person sitting and they're baking some bread. Excuse me, that's my bread. Nobody invited you into this loaf of bread. Go back to the the water. Go back to the river. You don't belong in my bread. That's what I said a couple of weeks ago in Monticello to the bugs in the house. Go outside. You don't believe. You don't belong here. Oh, boy. We had quite a fight with them. Right? So so that's the unhealthy one. One second. Let's see if we're or not. Okay. So just to sum up. So what would be the second of the Ten Commandments that is going to fix what? Unhealthy bonding. Meaning... 
We need healthy boundaries. You know, for instance, here's an example of unhealthy bonding. I made myself a sandwich. I put it down here. Now, in another place, maybe in California, if I put it down here, it will stay here. In 770, maybe not. <laughs> you know what I mean, wink, wink, right? Because there's this feeling of we're just all brothers and sisters. We're all sisters. So that must, so they would, I'd come back, who took my sandwich? They don't do that in California, right? No, 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 right? Right. But who took my sandwich? And and if I say to somebody, you ate my, how did the sandwich chili? Right? In case, it's not like slicha. It's like you say, you say, you ate my sandwich. They said, yes. There's a story. There's a story of the Alter Rebbe. And the Rebbeton of the Alter Rebbe complained that Reb Shmuel Mokas did something wrong. To the kugel. That's right. That he ate, she baked a big kugel, and he ate it all up. And, yeah. And she went to, the, the Rebbeton said to the Alter Rebbe, I want consequences. I'm very upset. So the Alter Rebbe brought Reb Shmuel in and, and said, Rebbeton, what does the Rebbeton say? And she said, I made the kugel. He ate it. This clod ate the whole kugel. I made it. It, it wasn't his. It wasn't. He was out of boundaries. He was stepping over his boundaries. That's unhealthy boundaries. Ask somebody, is it your kugel? What do you make it for? That's unhealthy boundaries. You can see if you just take it. That's unhealthy, unhealthy aside. So, so she said her whole case. Then the altar of Rav Shmuel, what do you say? He said, I say it was yum, yum, yum. <laughs> the Rebison started to laugh. Simcha was created through her laughter. And she said, yes, forget it. Never mind. Let it go. <laughs> That's probably why Rav Shmuel did it. So he really violated the boundaries. But then he fixed them all with simcha. Interesting, right? Yeah. So it's harder, you know, you have to have a lot of simcha to have, you know, nobody likes their boundaries violated. I, except people who don't have boundaries themselves, right? right. Etc. But, but, so that's unhealthy aside. Right. It's my, excuse me, I, I was in the middle, you, you, it's a half a sandwich. Why didn't you ask, is this somebody's sandwich before you took my sandwich? I always say, I used to say when my kids were small and I bought a Danish or something and it got eaten, I said, is nothing sacred? I go crazy. Is, wow. is nothing sacred? I bought myself a Danish. Why did somebody eat it? Wow. So I'm saying if somebody comes in right now and they they don't ask, they just take my half a sandwich and they eat it, and then they're not even a, they're not even sorry. They're like Nuazma. If I say, but you ate my sandwich, wow. Nuazma. On top of that, they say, like, no big deal. Buy yourself another sandwich. You're like, ah, you know, the outrage. What of the sec of the Ten Commandments will fix that? And we'll sum it up with this. What is the second of the Ten Commandments? You shouldn't have any other gods. Yeah, true. You shouldn't betray your monarch. Right. You shouldn't have any other gods. Okay. What is? How is that going to fix it? What do you think? No, this is untouchable. This is sacred. Okay. Now, remember, connected to bonding. Bonding means, you know, we're friends. But we're not that good friends that you could just take my sandwich and eat it without asking me. Yes. Right? So you're bonding with me a little too much. Like, oh, great. You know, um, once in Florida, I remember when they had the convention in Florida many years ago, one of the rabbis who came to speak, he said, I love 
my daughter-in-law. Just great. She thinks that my freezer is the supermarket. <laughs> oh, boy. Right? She shops in my freezer, you know. She's just a great, she's so good for my son. She thinks my freezer is, is the supermarket freezer, meaning they come and they, you know, take all our food and we have to buy more. So that, it was a joke. Obviously, they, they said it's okay. And we all know in the world of psychology, the enablers who say, I can't believe you did it, but they're begging you to, you know, we all, we know, we, all, we know all that stuff, right? <laughs> we won't even bother going there. That's the fun of being a psychologist. You know, the conversation behind the conversation. I'm a psychotherapist. Oh, you're a psychotherapist. That means you what? MST. Okay, so what do you do? People. Okay, so people, you know, we always say most good people don't lie to other people. They're not lying to other people. They simply lie to themselves <laughs> about what they want and what they think and what they feel. So they're really being honest. I didn't lie to you. You're right. You didn't lie to me. You lied to yourself, right? You, and it's, it's cute. It's kind of funny. So what are we saying? That why would do not have any other gods fix unhealthy bonding? You know, you think that bonding means if we're all in 770 and you see me eating a sandwich, you can just, even I bite into it and you take the rest and, what, let's say this. One time I was in a doctor's office and I saw two sisters from here, married sisters. They were each about 35 years old. And one was eating a lollipop. They were such close sisters that then she would hand it to her sister. She would eat the lollipop, same lollipop. She would, she would lick the lollipop, give it to her sister. She was like, you know, they're 35 years old, and they're licking the same lollipop back and forth. They were like, well, that's interesting. Now, if somebody here did it, if you're licking a lollipop, and then you put it down, and I take it and I lick it, whoa, that's unhealthy bonding, right? So, therefore, how does it get fixed by saying you shall have no other God? How does that fix it? So, maybe I'm thinking my God is... The laws of, you know, the laws of non-conflict. You know, let it go. There, we have all of these gods, all of these getchkas, all of these isms, like we're not allowed to have conflict. But in the Romans, we're not allowed to have conflict. So if you take my lollipop and you lick it, I'm, or you just you take my cup of tea and you start to drink from it, no, 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 no. One of the getchkas is you're not allowed to say to her, what do you do? No, 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 that's my new getchka. Therefore, we now bow down to, I'm not allowed to make conflict. So I'm not allowed to say, you. excuse me, that was my teeth. In the world of Getchkas, of Avaita Zaras, that's one of them. There are a whole bunch of them. And we worship these principles, the New Age principles, that are not necessarily true. You know, well, there was, I don't like conflict. But you drank, what do you mean you don't like conflict? You just drank my teeth. And you have a cold. And I was drinking it. Don't tell me I shouldn't open a mouth and say, excuse me. Even if you didn't have a cold, it's your tea. That's right. Your tea is sacred. So one of the Avaita Zaras is you're not allowed to have conflict. I don't see where it says entire. That's one of the, when Hashem says, when you want to know, is this right or wrong, see what Tyra says. See what I, Hashem, say. Don't follow all the new age Avaita Zaras of you're not allowed to this, you're not allowed to that. Kids don't know this. Kids don't know it. What's the new age? What's the new Avaita Zara? The Telephone. biggest one? Telephone. Racism. Racism. Whatever somebody does that you don't like, you're allowed to call them a racist. 
If somebody eats my sandwich and they say to me, that was my sandwich, I'm supposed to say, you're a racist. It's a new term. It's I can do anything I want, and if you criticize me, I call you a racist. I'm allowed to call my own parents racist. It should be the holy mean of telephones in public places. Sorry. Oops. Sorry. So one of the new Avaita Zaras now, the new gods, you know, gods with a small g, which Hashem says there's only one. All the little gods, all the little philosophies, all the little isms, they aren't real and they aren't true. And not only that, do not bow to them. Do not bow to the Democrat, I'm sorry, the Democrat philosophy. Do not bow to the, the, the radical left culture because it, it looks on the surface innocent, but it's really a very deep sleep on. It's obviously coming from Paro. It's, it's as uninnocent as, as the face was, you know? You think of something that's not innocent? This culture from the radical left is not innocent. One second. So, like, I, I live in Israel, so, like, right. the whole thing of the cannabis and all that stuff, that's from Democrats? Or, yeah, usually. In other words, some, you know, some of the, like, what do they call them? Santa Claus Schwab, you know, him and his, his guys who, you know, get together and decide they're going to plan the future of the world. All of their philosophies are coming from Klippa. To do whatever, let people do whatever they want. Well, no. They have a plan to create as much chaos in the world as possible so that then they can come and take over. That's the, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes in any dictatorship. That's what happened in the 30s. That's what happened in the 30s. That's what happened in every dictatorship. When it's so chaotic and everything is so crazy that people just want to feel safe, so they say, we'll keep you safe, just do what we say. And that's it. Doesn't matter. We don't have to be afraid. Wow. Their violation. In other words, they're introducing many new gods. Many new gods is the idea that it is forbidden. If you are a doctor, if you're a doctor and you get somebody to fill out, you know, the form before the intake form, it is forbidden for you to write Mr. or Miss. Really? I'm pretty sure it's illegal. They can sue you. Absolutely. They can sue you. You have to have Mr. Miss. Binary, 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 binary. I forget. I don't know all the levels, but both. how many times the person both. changed their gender or change, they changed it? They changed it, right? Yeah. A man and a woman. Right. Sure. Like the signs in the bathroom. You know, it's, it's all gender bathroom. It's a person, a stick figure. One side is a skirt and the other side is pants. But I'm saying it's illegal today. The new god of today is you have to be afraid that if you are just doing it the traditional way, somebody's going to come down and, God forbid. That's the new God and everybody's bowing to it. So that is the tikkun for this idea of unhealthy boundaries. Hashem says, I will teach you boundaries. Boundaries, you want to know what they are? They're in the Tyra. Tyra is healthy. Look every time and ask, does Tyra say this or that? So Yehi Ratzin, anyway, we're going to end on that, and I'm going to say one story off the recording. Yehi Ratzin, we should find ourselves with the ultimate healthy boundaries with Hashem Echad, Echad, no one else, only the truth, stepping into that powerful relationship with Hashem in, as leaders of the world, bringing the whole world to know the truth in the base of Mezah Shashlishi, Gula Mitzvah Shleimanel. Amen. Wow.